where we're breaking down all of our favorite slashers, thrillers, monster movies, and black comedies on the new scariest day of the week. I'm Sydney Thompson. I'm Monica Height. And I'm Chelsea Duff. And Sydney, did it sound like you were laughing a little in that moment? <laughs> um, I had to burp. <laughs> so I really like pushed through and then immediately muted my mic. I love that for you. You're fast on that mute button. I'm really impressed. I always hit it like right after I sneeze. So, <laughs> yeah, when you said your name, it was like a desperate kind of, I'm Sydney Thompson. <laughs> we loved it. We loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this week, after my burps, we are also going to talk about uh, maybe the worst movie we've watched so far is that fair to say when we watched thanks killing i mean i don't know i think i had a better time watching thanks killing than watching really wow you kept this quiet in our pre-pod talk i really didn't think we were gonna go there (laughs) (laughs) all right if anybody hasn't, if anybody's been lucky enough to have not watched The Roommate. Oh my god, she's dramatic. Very <laughs> dramatic. This movie is basically about two college freshmen that go to the University of Los Angeles. Which is real. <laughs> I've been there, so. <laughs> it's a thing. And they look weirdly similar. And one becomes, like, obsessed with the other one. And that's literally all this movie is about. Yeah, I mean, someone on IMDb in a review said it was single white female but with teenagers. And I was like, yeah, that feels right. They made a PG-13 for the younger set single white female. And and I I think it's great. It's actually good. This movie is actually good. Oh, oh. Yeah, so I was like, what is what are they talking about? Yeah. This movie very much is that movie except in that movie the like transformation into looking like her comes a little bit sooner um that was less of a feature in this movie but i still felt that it was um prominent enough but they already looked alike to begin with so it there wasn't a a transformation to be had they just like already creepily looked alike they didn't make light and mr blonde enough to like have it be a transformation when she dyed her hair no, no she just she had, had that weird highlight blonde that blonde yeah. that was so popular in 2011 like that yeah. particular blonde like this movie i can't believe i never saw it and i really wish that i had seen it when it came out because this movie came out in february of 2011 Chelsea and I went to high school together. We graduated from high school in the the spring or the summer of 2011. So we were starting college like that fall. I went mm-hmm. to UCLA and this movie is shot at UCLA. 
So, like, I really wish that I had watched this movie to, to you know, maybe see it as a cautionary tale. Because mm-hmm. my freshman year, I had a freaking psychopath roommate, too, but in a very Ooh. different way, like, in a, like, horribly mean, undermining my self-esteem huh. kind of way. And I wish that I had seen this to know, maybe be wary of blonde roommates. I could have ah. saved myself a lot of pain instead of putting all my eggs into <laughs> her best friend. So, damn. You were the Rebecca, I guess. No. I wasn't the Rebecca. I you just said you put all your eggs into trying to be her best friend. So, I mean, oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, well, I didn't go blonde. No, I just was like, there is a person who lives in this room with me, and I'm an only child, so now we are sisters, I think, and we're the only <laughs> friend, the only friend that I have is you, I guess, and then I was like, my only friend is mean to me all the time, this is terrible, my only friend then told me that I'm a terrible person and hates me, and then didn't talk to me for the whole last semester, um, um. so... Monica, yeah, this is me trying to explain how you, yeah, hundred percent. I was about to be like, if this is you defending yourself against the Rebecca claims, one hundred percent. This sounds very much like how Rebecca would have told her story. Okay, well, here's the thing: all the friends involved sided with me, so mm. there we go. <laughs> Today you're not the Rebecca. Today you're the Sarah because, and our listeners at home don't know this, but I pulled off an incredible, elaborate prank today um and it was incredible thank you so much a lot of time energy resources money went into this um I decided because I loved this movie and because I think actually Rebecca is the heroine here um that I would just emulate her and so I picked one best friend and it's Monica and I um am trying to take over her life now and yeah. I um stalked her this morning. I actually got Adam in on it um as well. <laughs> so I had oh, I texted <laughs> I texted Adam last night and I was like, do you want to pull a prank with me? <laughs> um <laughs> And he was like, Yes, of course, one hundred. Yeah, immediately he was in. Immediately he was in. And I had him um text me pictures of your outfit this morning so I could try and copy it. <laughs> To the best of my ability. Pictures of me. (laughs) He took one sneaky picture of you in the bathroom so I could see what you were wearing. And then um, he told me like the details of your makeup, but then you also posted an Instagram story with the details of your makeup. And he forwarded it to me just in case I didn't see it on my own. Oh my God. But here's the thing. All Adam would have had to do has been like, Monica, you look great. Like, here, let me take a photo for you. And Monica yeah, would have been, been like, like pose, pose. Well, Here's the thing. Adam, <laughs> I'm like, I love it. I love being photographed. Adam. She's like, what a great boyfriend for like actually wanting to take pictures of me. <laughs> he shaved his mustache this morning and you guys already took pictures for that and then sent them to our other group chat. And I thought those were the pictures and that Adam had already pulled off his half of the prank. Um, and no. then he was like, no, there's more. And I was like, wow. It's a really elaborate prank. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, I tried to do my makeup just like yours. I tried to do my outfit just like yours. And then when we hopped on our video call, you were like, Chelsea, you look so cute today. And I was like, do I? <laughs> you look amazing. You were reminding me of someone who also <laughs> looks great all the time. Who could it be? <laughs> 
Who knew I was complimenting myself when I was complimenting you? How vain of me. Well, what do you think, Sydney? You're um, the Tracy in this situation. Um, I will not pull out your belly button ring, but what do you think? Am I pulling it off? I think you are. It's, like, similar enough that I didn't notice. But, like, if you know the dark, sinister, sinister nature behind it, very creepy. 10 out of 10. Great prank. Thank you also, so Also, I just want to explain, when she revealed this prank to me, <laughs> she just joined our video chat, and, like, I told her I loved her shirt. I was like, I love your shirt. It lo- it's so gay. And I was like, look, I'm wearing a shirt just like you. And she literally, everyone stopped talking on the chat, and Chelsea turned, like, purple. And no one, no one was making a sound, and I was like, did the video freeze? And then I was like, everyone's mad at me. What's happening? And and she just said, I pranked you and laughed for another full minute. And that was what was going on. Well, I did. I did prank you. So you pranked me twice. You did the actual prank. And then you made me think that I had said something horribly offensive. <laughs> the greatest of all pranks. Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> okay. So this movie, it is inspiring obvious art right now, as you can tell. But mm-hmm. it also has an artfully put together cast. Look at that transition. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Mm, mm, mm. Sorry the about cast, that. The cast in this movie is literally like mid 2000s perfection. It's teen yeah. high school show royalty at the time, truly, which is hilarious truly. because Nina Dobrev was like carrying a whole show and they were like, you can be in this movie for five seconds, Nina. And they didn't even give her the time of day beyond that. Like they had the royalty of teen Hollywood at the time to such a degree that they were able to be like, you're a throwaway character to me. It's insane. Also, like, there's so, there's a lot of Vampire Diaries going on in this movie. Like, not Uh only is Nina Dobrev in it for a hot second as Rebecca's old obsession, but uh, Kat Graham is also in it as Kim, who I wish there was more Kim because I love Kat Graham. I worked with her once when I worked in radio, and she's got, like, a freaking angel singing voice also, so she needs more props for that shit. Um. But yeah, she plays uh, Tracy's friend, and Tracy is played by the one, the only, the immaculate Ali Michalka. Oh God, of Ali and AJ fame. Come on, I don't, I shouldn't have to say that, but come on. <laughs> Phil of the future fame as well. Just a little throwback Phil for everybody. Cowbells, yes. <laughs> Cowbells. But then Ooh. you get Minka Kelly from Friday Night Lights. Mm-hmm. And Leighton Meester, obviously Gossip Girl Queen. Yeah. And yeah. you get uh, the guy from Twilight. Cam Gigadent. Gigan yeah. Gigadent. Jean Pitt. Gigadet. Cam. We'll call him Cam. We'll call him by his more casual name, Cam. I think it's. And Left Royal. <laughs> and I think it's Gigadent. <laughs> um, okay, so Cam's in it, right? And I already we already said the two Vampire Diary girls. And I was when I saw that Nina Dobrev was in this, I was like, this movie like has this has some sort of undercover thing it's trying to say about vampires in general. That's true. Also- there's there's actually a third Vampire Diaries connection. Um, I saw an IMDb trivia. The guy who works with Minka Kelly at the coffee shop, Nathan Parsons, is 
also on the originals, which is the Vampire Diaries spinoff show. Um, so we've yeah, got. I, did not know that was the I don't know if he plays a vampire. I know Bonnie and Vampire Diaries didn't watch that show, but I know she's not a vampire. Um, yeah. but lots of she's a witch. Yes, but lots of like vampirism going on for sure. Yeah, I mean, and if you didn't understand the cam last name will be redacted at this time uh, connection <laughs> he's obviously the main villain in the first twilight movie which his name escapes me what's his name james james, james! <laughs> another j name wow See, all j names are bad also there's another j name in this right off the bat uh and it's minka kelly aka sarah the main character's ex-boyfriend jason whoa whoa and jason the honestly in my notes i know it was wrong and i was like wow this looks like riley from buffy but it's not um <laughs> but he was on another cw show called starcrossed i don't know if any of you watched it but i really loved the one season that it was on <laughs> was okay, it all one with w stars <laughs> oh and he was in a movie called he played edward sullen and vampires suck <laughs> oh my god <laughs> Wow, lots happening I personally am overwhelmed. And also, I don't think we mentioned this, but Billy Zane is in this movie. Billy Zane. Of Titanic fame. Of Titanic fame. Of asshole in Titanic fame. Um, He plays a great creepy douche. He just does. Roberts. Oh, God. Okay, so, like, where do we start with this movie? It's the cast is the best part about it, probably. So if we just maybe in your mind you think of this cast and you write something up yourself it would probably be better in the end than what this turned out to be but i still love every <laughs> second of this film every single one i mean we talked about it a little in our group chat um and about how the acting sydney immediately was like the acting is terrible but the cast is stacked and monica tried to defend little leighton and she was like leighton was amazing though um do you agree sydney <laughs> Here's my thing. I love Leighton Meester, and I'm going to chalk this up to, uh, like, Kristen Stewart in Twilight, where her acting, like, you know, the writing was not great, therefore the acting could not be great. Mm. I just didn't think that Leighton Meester had this creepy bitch inside of her, you know? I didn't think she could drag that out, but she did, and I was scared of her. I felt fear. (laughs) I felt like, um... I was rooting for her the whole time. Yeah, I can tell by everything you've done so far today. <laughs> and yeah. yesterday, there was planning. That's how you know this is premeditated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I you mean, liking Rebecca checks out for me, Chelsea. Here's the thing. Minka Kelly is great. Um, I guess her character has a personality in this movie to some degree, but I feel like mainly no. And I also feel like I am conflicted enough about Lila Garrity on Friday Night Lights that it bled into this movie. I think the first time I saw this movie, I was in college. Um, and I feel like I remember being in my senior year apartment when I watched it, although I can't, I don't know that for sure. Um, but I hadn't watched Friday Night Lights yet. And so I think perhaps I went in um, with a clearer slate. But watching it this time, I was just like, Rebecca is the one that's popping. Like, sorry, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to tell you. Like, she 
um, is putting in the work. She has strong opinions. You know what I mean? Like, she is just, um, it was, okay, I guess. Passionate. Does she put a kitten in a dryer? Yes. Is that bad? Yeah. If you're the kitten. Does she um, stab a man? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, Look, we're not defending not... animal abuse on this podcast. No, no, we're not. I'm just saying there were a lot of times when I was like, are we supposed to pretend she's wrong for getting this predator fired from his job? No. We are <laughs> are not... we supposed to pretend she's not out here doing that? You know how everyone is like, Edward Cullen was always out there killing predators and then he was like, I don't want to be a bad person. And everybody else was like, but like is it the worst thing you could be doing and i'm just saying like obviously don't kill people or animals that's baseline but if you are gonna attack people use your powers for good get a predator fired from his job you know what i mean so yeah she that did was maybe thing in the movie so there you go <laughs> but she did it the wrong way yes she did it the wrong way. Oh, my God. Like, the really wrong way. <laughs> I mean, I just am, I, um, I don't know, guys. I think she's never made a mistake in her life. Okay. Because here's wow. the thing. So, <laughs> this is a big red flag in our friendship. <laughs> All right. One thing that I have multiple times in my notes um, is, so this movie takes place in 2011, mm-hmm. which I was obviously alive and Maybe not super present for, but I was around, right? Sure. (laughs) Um, I have, like, in my notes, I was just like, did they, were collect calls a thing in 2011? And also, were flip phones this prevalent in 2011? Are those two things that I just, like... Yeah. I had That's true, actually. This is such an interesting... I wonder when they filmed it, because it was originally supposed to come out in September of 2010, which would be perfect for just moving into college season. Um, and then for whatever reason, it got pushed to February 2011. But when we... They have their social media in... What is it called? They have, like, It a, looks like my friend. That's what I wrote in my notes. It's called, like, Friendizer or something like that. Friendster, I thought. Yeah, Frienders... Frienders with a Z at the end. Um, mm-hmm. I wrote it in my notes because I was like, what is this? But it looks like MySpace. This feels very 2007 almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes. Like, she has a flip phone. When she calls, she gets separated from Tracy at a party, like, the first two days of being, you know, at college. So she calls her roommate on her cell phone. And it's like, would you like to accept a collect call? I was like, that's not how cell phones work. What? <laughs> I thought that she, like, didn't have her cell phone with her. Yeah. She seemed I... to leave it behind a couple of times. I think she must have been using some kind of pay phone at that point. Um, I think but again, pay called... phones? Those yeah. were a thing? <laughs> yeah, they were still a thing. Wow. Yeah, I think that she left her phone at home because, like, otherwise she could have just called Tracy hella times. But instead, she there's no, like, shot of her calling Tracy. She just, like, searches the club for her. This is so interesting, though, because the iPhone did come out in, like, 2007. And I didn't get an iPhone probably until, like, 2010 or 2011. But I yeah. did at some point in, like, by the time this movie came out, I definitely had one. And I think most people that I knew did. Either you had an iPhone or you had, like, a BlackBerry. You know what I mean? But people 
flip phones were not so much a thing by this point in high school. Unless you were my grandma, which she still has one to this day. Unless it was like a razor, which we're like still a even little then, bit like on the tail end. Razor was like I had a razor. That was the first phone that I got in the seventh grade, and it was like it absolutely slapped. Um, and it was the metallic pink one, and it was fucking cool as hell. Was yours um, the Miami Ink version? It wasn't hot pink. I don't know. Oh, okay. I had the Miami Miami Ink Special Edition Hot Pink Motorola Razor, and I would have freaked out if we had the same cell. If phone. I roommated you all the way back in two thousand six, before we even went to the same Pranked. school, yeah, pranked. <laughs> like that. That's why you turned so purple because you've been doing this for the long haul. I'm I, I'm in it to win it, baby. Um, Chelsea is dedicated here's the thing like Rebecca I put in the work um but no I I just I think people had like very much the razor only existed for a a period of like three years maybe you know what I mean it had such a was such a brief moment in time that it had like a firm iron grasp on the culture but other than that it really disappeared quickly I got an iPhone, like, I had the first iPhone when it came out, and then everybody else knew either had, like, some weird kind of Android-y. Mm-hmm. Like, or, like, a sidekick. Yeah, the sidekick. That was what came after the Razor. Like, not Those a flip kind of phone, but they always had a phone that, you know, was just, like, a brick, kind of. Yeah. But, I like, with a, a keyboard. Yes. You had to have a keyboard for texting, because texting was the thing. Nobody texts in this movie, really. Well, I guess that's not true. There are... are texting scenes but again and you know on her flip phone that she is 100% using t9 to text uh-huh uh-huh yes okay here's the thing you're right this movie does feel weirdly out of date and I wonder if it had been filmed like several years earlier before okay here's the thing I looked it up um Vampire Diaries was from like 2009 to 2017 2018 something like that Gossip Girl was from 2007 to 2012, and Friday Night Lights was something like um, 2006 to 2009, or maybe that's just how long Minka Kelly was in it. I just am looking at her IMDb, but that's when it started, 2006, 2007, and 2009, so before this movie, but I have to wonder if this movie is even like, you know how sometimes movies get held for several years? um for whatever yeah. reason they just keep getting delayed i wonder if they really got it earlier in these girls career than we realize and it just like happened to come out when they were all like all over our tv screens that would make more sense especially since you know nina dobrev only got like two minutes of screen time yeah in 2011 she would have been she also Way looked more. like an infant in that movie. Yeah, she looked like a teeny tiny baby. I mean, she is supposed to be 18, mm-hmm. so, like, it checks yeah. out because 18-year-olds look like teeny tiny babies. Yeah, meanwhile, though, like, Minka Kelly did not look like she was 18, and Cam, last name redacted, also does not <laughs> look like he's 18. They both look like they're, like, 25, which is a beautiful age, but not 18. Yeah, <laughs> Minka Kelly was full-blown 30 when she filmed this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Cam, who we will be calling by his movie name of Steven, because... <laughs> yeah, let's just move on to calling him Steven. That's safer. <laughs> <laughs> 
undefeated. Um, he's supposed to be not a freshman in college. So, but again, he doesn't look 20 or 21 or even 22 in this movie. Like he looks yeah. like he's 40. Yeah. He sounds like he's 40. I think he's hot. Yes, he does. I, I no, he's, he's hot. He, looks even he doesn't have a last name that is pronounced full. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the main push button issue here. In what world is uh-huh. our young star, Sarah, a fashion icon? Like, oh, I... 2007. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. The fashion's, like, anachronistic, too. Because, like, she was... She's a fashion major. That's her whole thing. Her favorite movie's Devil Wears Prada, um, which is a great movie, but, like, was just, like, a little... Uh, I'm a fashion major. This is the thing that I like. This is the fashion movie. It was a lot. And like, well, apparently in the original script, her favorite movie was um, Coyote Ugly, which is a a so banger better. of a film and way more personality to pick. But then they yeah. changed okay, it because they're also, like fashion, blah blah blah. But here's the thing: Coyote, uh, The Devil Wears Prada came out in 2006, so that makes me feel like this movie was probably filmed in like. 2007 or 2008 and then just like held four years god i'd love to know i'm gonna need to try and contact the director um but anyway i just like the movie starts out fine you know like it's everything's pretty straightforward uh i mean i do did really love that they did a good job of encapsulating like the shitty shitty friends that you make in the first week of college Like, I love Ali Michalka, and there were, like, a few moments at the beginning where I was, like, Tracy and Sarah are in love for a second, because they were just looking at each other and dancing, and I just really, I get, like, very strong gay vibes from Ali Michalka always, mm. um, like, nice. strong queer energy, so I was like, that's happening here, even though she still has her super hetero, wavy hairstyle that she has since gotten rid of, um, but, like, it was just so perfect. The fact that they drag her to a frat party and the fact that she didn't know what jungle <laughs> juice was. I was like, this reminds me of my first frat party. Um, but yeah, I mean, the fact also that young Tracy flashes everyone immediately. It just falls hits out. Love that for her. Love Wait, it. Wait, haven't we all done that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the nice girl on this podcast, so not at a frat party, but <laughs> not at a frat party, no. <laughs> not at a frat party. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been to a bunch of, of frat parties my fresh I went to a bunch of fresh I went to a bunch of frat parties my freshman year and I did not flash anyone, but I did get barked on. So <gasps> oh. It all happened. I was, okay. At some point. <laughs> I remember going to my first frat party in college, and I walked in, and I was wearing glasses, and they immediately fogged up. Um, and so, <laughs> it just is a disgusting place to be. And I'm not going to say that I never went to a frat party that was fun. Um, but that that first one, when you don't know like who are your people yet, and you're just dragged to a frat party by a random girl that you've met at college, um, it's just bound to be bad. And yet somehow Sarah, because everything goes perfectly for her and she gets whatever she wants, um, 
she had a great time getting juiced and meeting a hot drummer who would go on to be the best boyfriend and then also save her life. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, just um, unrealistic. And again, I don't go to movies for like realism, but also that they have like a a tender glance across the room and then also While he's a, drumming uh-huh, where he's like hey i'm distractible enough mid i guess he does say that they're bad that they're a sucky band so like fair enough i guess that that he's able to get distracted playing music and then also keep playing music um because he doesn't have to be good but he doesn't have to okay, be good the- he just has, he just has to be hot and he's already doing that so good for him <laughs> And the realest moment from that whole interaction was when he helps Minka Kelly and Kat Graham get Ali Mashaka home. And uh, Ali Mashaka says, hey, you're that cute drummer from that shitty band. (laughs) And I'm like, we've all been there with that cute drummer from that shitty band. Yep. Oh, wait. Actually, I went to my notes to find um, – I liked the the dialogue at that moment when they're, like, getting Ellie on the stairs. And um, Minka Kelly's like, I got her, I got her. And the boy says, who's got you? And then um, Cameron Jackson says, I guess that would be me. And then Minka Kelly's like, yeah, and who's got you? And he says, apparently God. What it brought up, back to our <laughs> Catboy conversation, is that actually there were some very alarming elements in this film that also makes it feel kind of I mean, I don't know, maybe I'm forgetting what 2011 is like, and this really was like that, because I think it probably was actually as I'm saying it, but there was a line in there where when Cam Redacted realizes that um, Sarah is drunk because she's had punch and she didn't realize it was spiked, he says, if we, like, his frat has a policy when a girl has had three cups, if we don't get her up into a room, we have to pull kitchen duty for a week. Is it me or was that ominous as hell? <laughs> Thank you. I was like, so do they have like a take advantage of woman yes. policy? That yes. is what that was. Especially when the guys were then like, we're going to have Tracy up on these stairs. She's going to get those titties out. And then we're all cheering her on. And then when somebody tries to help her leave, we're like, no, no. And then there's also a line where Cam Redacted says, you know, I'm going to get yelled at for helping girls actually leave a frat party. It's kind of the opposite of everything we stand for. And now I was like, okay, now this is really sinister that he said, if a girl has three cups of punch, you have to get her into a bedroom. Terrifying. 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 I heard these quotes and I was like, this frat. Yeah, I, I heard these quotes and I was like, this frat is Pike. Like, that's what is happening right now. That's the energy that I am getting. This is Don't UCLA know. Pike. No Pike slander on this podcast. UCLA Pike. I'm just slandering UCLA. This did get Come shot on. entirely let's, where I went to school. <laughs> let's have a little a little Pike slander on this podcast. Come on. <laughs> it's already there. It, we've said too much for the edge out now. So, haha. <laughs> okay, so... One of the other parts that I loved about this, same thing I was saying before, we're supposed to believe that Sarah, aka Minka Kelly, is a fashionista in her, like, tank tops, low jeans, and blazer. Mm -hmm. And, like, she shows up to, like, woo her way into this fashion class that she 
did not get into or whatever, or she's waitlisted for. And she wears her most fashionable outfit, which includes a, I think it's blue, very small stylized fedora with a feather and like a jewel in it. And a giant scarf. Just the oh. scarf hat but it's like a, was so classic And it's like a her. skinny scarf too like it's not a chunky scarf it's like a fashion scarf (sighs) just doing um so much I think I did note this in my notes I've had scarves like that and I did wear them for fashion I think in the summer of like 2009 2010 maybe um I do feel again this is giving away the movie's age like it's got to have been filmed earlier than than we realize yeah, it's that all of the style things that are in this movie like are things that were popular what like the beginning of high school. For example, there's one moment when Tracy AK Ali Michalka like runs up to talk to Sarah and she's wearing like that like not beret but that that weird saggy beanie thing that was popular in women on women that I used to wear all the time. It was like a weird like crocheted sack that you kind pinned of like on a- the back of your head. <laughs> Oh, wait, I know exactly what you're talking about. I yeah. don't remember it from the movie, but I know now what fashion item you mean. Oh, yeah, she's wearing it at one point. She's wearing it at one point where she's trying to to warn Sarah about Rebecca, but she's got the, it's like a, a big saggy beret, and I was like, oh, she's so in vogue. Like, look at her. But, like, when Sarah, the moment when Sarah is, like, trying to impress this teacher, mm-hmm. where, like, I you know from the beginning that he's so gross because he just has gross looking eyes like they're beautiful but also they he looks at you like he's trying to undress you immediately and that's not Billy Zane's fault necessarily his eyes are just like that <laughs> he just does ooze sex appeal and in this movie yeah. it happens to be predatory but like creepy sex appeal which is just like Billy Zane's whole thing yeah, he's got this, like, strong, metrosexual man vibe going on. Like, that was when I feel like metrosexual was in vogue, too. So, yes. Especially that the was him. metrosexual. Yes, yes. <laughs> he was probably like, I'm metrosexual. Have you seen my little, like, what is that hat called? My little, like, uh, chimney sweep hat that I'm wearing. What is it called? Oh, A newsboy cap? Newsboy cat, thank you. Chimney sweep hat. <laughs> That's the lesser known name for it. Um, but there's this what the the moment when he decides to take her into the class, he says, "You've got two things that I can't teach: desire and style." Is that what the quote is? And yeah, it was like very style and desire, style and desire. I was just like, this the man desire. is a predator. Uh-oh. Yeah, I was like, he's a right? predator. Like you knew immediately. It was like one. No, she does not have any sort of style. Yeah, <laughs> she does have a very clear personal style. It's just not good. <laughs> exactly. But anyway, okay, we've talked about, we've roasted Sarah to her very core, to her very core. But let's talk a little bit about Chelsea's idol, Rebecca. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's not Becky or Reba. Okay, that or... I think is probably what got me on her side immediately because she shows up, she's like, my name is Rebecca. Immediately, Tracy, Ali Michalka is like, can I call you Reba? No! <laughs> 
Oh, Reba. Are you, uh, he was like off the bat made me defend Rebecca. And then from there on out, I was like, I will die for Rebecca. Um, first of all, Rebecca, very normal name to go full yes. name. You know what I mean? Rebecca, yes. people, yes, do have nicknames for it. Becca, Becky, I guess. Um, I just, first of all, I've never in my life heard Reba as a nickname for Rebecca. Um, but also, like, never suggest to a freshman girl to, like, have herself daily be measured up to the Reba McIntyre. Like, that's terrible. Is she a single she's mom who works up. too hard, who just loves her kids, blah, blah, blah. No. She's and never stops. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> God, that's a great show. Let's do a Patreon episode where we just review Reba. All of her, everything about her. The show, the songs, the entire fancy music video. That one KFC commercial where she's the colonel. <gasps> Oh, I forgot about that. That did something to me. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Anyway. I was like, this is what it means to be a bisexual. <laughs> Rebecca, Leighton Easter. <laughs> but okay, I I agree with you, Chelsea. I was like, I wrote in my notes, girl, stick to your guns when she was telling them I'm Rebecca. So like, was that was understandable. So mad. And I wrote it in my notes and I was just like, why would they ever need, Rebecca's just like such a normal name you know what I'm it I, okay I will say though there was one scene when we first met her where um I was like oh they said Rebecca how formal what can we call you formal the name Rebecca totally anyway sorry I'm getting heated um but when we first met Rebecca she did do one thing that pissed me off um, and that was she has like her little college wardrobe full of designer clothes. And then Minka Kelly's like, ooh, look at these clothes. And then she's like, thanks. Can I use half of your side? No, that would literally never fly. Um, those wardrobes are so did Minka Kelly come to school with three tops? You know what I mean? Like she literally works in style. How are we expected to believe that she is not filling up her own whole wardrobe? Listen, she's just a small town girl from Iowa. She's got nothing. No, she's not prepared for the big city of Los Angeles. Oh my god. She's just a young girl with a flip phone and a dream, you know? <laughs> right? <laughs> and most of the time she doesn't even have her flip phone. Wow. Yeah, seriously. Seriously. But like, no. I mean, at first I was like, Rebecca is fine because one, she sticks to her guns about her name. And two, she's chill about her roommate barfing immediately after meeting her. Like, (laughs) I would have been offended. But, you know, she took it in stride and good for her. But I mean, things start getting pretty creepy, like, right away. I mean, I love that we get a little um, meaningless plot development, or not plot development, character development for Sarah's character with her dead sister that we never really get into. Um, But the dead sister is brought up in so many very disturbing ways throughout this movie. Oh, there's one in particular that really upset me. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I think we are all thinking about that exact same incident. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to set it up, Sarah's got a tattoo on her tit. Why? Of her sister's name. I guess it's over her heart. But my first thought was on her tit. And I was like, that's a weird place. Me too. I was like, that's going to sag one day, girl. Like, bad tattoo placement. And also a horrible font. And it's very, like, thick. Like, that should hurt. Yeah. And, And, like, the other plot development that, or character development that we get about Sarah is that she has a creepy ex-boyfriend. And, like, okay, let's talk about him for a second. 
The story of Jason, the ex-boyfriend, is so fucked up. (laughs) Like, basically, they're high school sweethearts, right? And Sarah and him were going to go to Brown together. And she got into Brown, and he didn't get into Brown. So they're like, okay, we're both going to go to UCLA. Or, excuse me, ULA, which is a real school. Um, And... then probably because she gave up her spot at brown a spot opened (laughs) up for jason and he got off the wait list and he just was like later bitch and he fucking went to brown i was single in high school i'm glad i was single in high school i'm glad i never had a boyfriend because like this is trauma he's not wrong absolutely you should choose going to brown over your relationship um but she should have made that choice first. Instead, she waffled and it bit her in the butt because she ended up getting stalked and that's not her fault. But also, is that what happens when you don't choose yourself over some random dude in high school? Um, I'm maybe. glad she, she learned this lesson, but she learned it the hard way. And I hate to see such a stylish fedora-wearing woman have to go through <laughs> such pain. <laughs> the thing, though, that bothered me about that is that also she's like, I could have gone to Brown. Um, I don't. No, I mean, I know a little about Brown because I also looked at it, although I can't even remember, honestly, if I ended up applying. But is there like a strong fashion program there? Why was she looking at Brown in the first place when like that didn't even make sense to me, especially when she shows up and then lingers in the doorway for all of Billy Zane's class and then is like, I have to take this with you. I would literally delay graduating for a full year so that I can take this intro design class with you as a sophomore instead, when presumably like fashion and design is her major. She, okay, her priorities are just so whack that she's like, let me just pick a school that's not my top school for my career. And then also, if I can't get this one specific teacher for my freshman year intro class, I will wait until my sophomore year. Like, do you have endless money? Do you have an incredible scholarship? How is this? I think that that was a capital M manipulation tactic that she was using on Mr. Billy Zane, Professor Roberts. That's what I like to think because she's not that stupid. Like she like is. Is she? She she obviously got into Brown. She obviously got into Brown and then she turned it down. So is she smart but has no common sense? Also, you don't have to take the intro class first. Like, I was a comm major, and intro to comm was a class that everybody put off until sophomore year because it was so hard and everyone failed it. So I don't think it would have delayed her whole whole schooling either. But I like to think of it as, like, she was like, I'm going to play this card and excite this creepy pervert professor in a a chimney sweep hat. (laughs) Um... But yeah, I mean, okay, so Jason sucks. She's got a sad backstory. And Rebecca kind of just like gloms onto these things right away. What? Do I like Rebecca because she's an LA local like us? That part oh, is probably there's part a quote. There's <laughs> literally a quote in my notes that says, okay, but Monica, you live 20 minutes from home in college. <laughs> <laughs> How dare. And she had this mysterious roommate situation where she was trying to be her best friend, Monica. Oh my god. (laughs) Well, I didn't live in fucking Beverly Hills, so let's let that's like five minutes from UCLA, so that's a little bit different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm not Rebecca, okay? I'm not. I don't know what you're talking about. I would put a kitten in a dryer. I would never put a kitten in a dryer. I also probably confirm. (laughs) 
I would, I verbally, I am confirming that I would never put a kitten in the dryer. Also, because mm-hmm. I lived so close to home, I never did laundry at the dorms. I brought it to my house like a normal smart person would. Come on. <laughs> so I wouldn't have even had the opportunity to do that. Also, I never would have wanted the responsibility of a kitten, though. So there they we go. Never I would have said no at the beginning. <laughs> yes, they never explained the litter box situation, first of all. They were just like, we have a kitten and it's here its name is Cuddles, and it is here literally only in moments that we want to cuddle it. Other than that, it disappears okay, into the also, void, and it doesn't exist. I would die for Cuddles, though. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. Had perfect cat. Maybe Rebecca did one or two things wrong. Quite a few. Quite a few. First thing that she did wrong is wronging my girl, Tracy. Because let's be real, Tracy sucks quite a bit, but she sucks in that casual, I just started college and I want to be a party girl type of way. Also, Mm -hmm. the fact that they go out dancing at seven grand is so hilarious to me. Yeah, the fact that they're like, we're going to get in because we're hot. I was like, ladies, you are no longer in Des Moines, Iowa. You can't go to a bar and be like, I'm hot and have that work for you. Everybody in LA is hot. Um, Me most of all. (laughs) But other than that, you do have to presumably have an ID that shows that you're of age to be in a bar at most places in LA, like I certainly, we went to high school here. Um, we came home for for you went to college here. Maybe you knew about bars that would like let in people underage just if you no. were hot, but I don't no. think so. I didn't even try to go to bars until after I came back from studying abroad, where I could go to bars legally, and I was like, well. I only used a fake ID one time in my entire life, and it was literally the day before I turned 21. And I was so nervous that I started, like, I was, like, sweating. I was like, oh, do you need to know my address that I've memorized? <laughs> like, as I went to the doorman, I, I was a little bit chiller than that, but not much. And Aline can attest to that. But anyway, um, like, I get it. You want to party, but you just started college why don't you just, like, go to another frat party? Like, you had such a good time the last time. Why would you want to <laughs> go to a place true. where you have to spend money? I don't understand that. But Usually I guess they when, do get their drinks for free. <laughs> Usually when they do that thing where it's like, she got so drunk that she took her top off at the party. We have to get her home right now. I thought we were going to have to watch Tracy be embarrassed later on or something. But no, Tracy was like, I love to get my tits out. In fact, I am looking to go home with a strange man who has a portion of hot tub any opportunity that I can. And I was like, good for you, Tracy. Like, she's living her life. Yes. I, I think like- that's totally a valid reason to ditch your friend. <laughs> like, he had a Porsche and a hot tub. Like, say less. Okay, seven grand is not that big, though. So you find your fucking friend first. If my friend ditched me and went home mm-hmm. with some guy and I was all alone without my phone, I would fucking freak out. Another time when I thought that Sarah was not standing up for herself enough was when Tracy was like, he had a portion of hot tub. And then she's like, actually, when I went, my what I meant was, I'm so sorry. Can you please forgive me? And I was like, please forgive her because you're girlfriends. But also... Don't forget, let her get off that easy. She has wronged you. So I felt, I, I felt the connection with Rebecca there for a second. That like, but where, yeah, Rebecca, I was like, she's ready to kill her in this moment. And I do support her. <laughs> but so I think because Tracy ditched uh, Sarah, when Rebecca was like standing outside of Tracy's door in the middle of the night and they had that creepy moment and Tracy was trying to tell Sarah like hey like something is wrong Sarah didn't believe Tracy because you know 
she had abandoned her like she's like okay whatever like my roommate's fine well also because Leighton Meester's a master fucking manipulator too she's a queen like oh yeah she was like oh like I was outside of her room Psh. No, she almost barfed on me on her way to the bathroom. Like, I was like, ooh, wow, that was great. Because, like, you would believe that about Tracy because she's fucked up a fair few times already in this short film. So. In the short film. But the thing is, when it comes down to it, no one deserves what Tracy got. And, Sydney, I want you to speak to this as the person who is here on this podcast who has a belly button ring. Tell us about the fear Hello. you felt. <laughs> Hello, it is me, a 30-year-old woman who still has the belly button ring that I got pierced at 15 with my mother. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> yeah, me and my mom went and got mother-daughter uh, belly button piercings <gasps> freshman year of high school. That's like weirdest, cutest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> It's okay, because uh, at 20, me and my mom got mother-daughter matching nose rings, and then when she turned 50, we got tattoos together. Helen's a bad bitch. <laughs> but so we get, uh, Tracy's in the shower. <laughs> Tracy's in the shower, so we get, like, her sensually, like, washing mm-hmm. her body. Oh, yeah. And, and then... Wait, and she's singing. Singing so right? in the shower. Christian, yeah, and I was like, ah, yes, perfect. They must remind her that, remind the audience that she is one of the stars of the historic, like, landmark band, Allie and AJ. Like, <laughs> let them remember that she's got the voice of, the, of an angel. Have you heard chemicals react? Like, don't forget. You know what I mean? It's important. But my fa- my favorite thing about this entire scene is they, like, start at her head, and the shot goes down to her back, like, right above her butt crack, and then it she just turns around, and then we literally just, like, see her belly button ring for, like, <laughs> the second 10, we saw 15 it, I was seconds. Like, no, 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 Yeah, you no! just, like, you immediately knew. And... So then the lights go out and she's like checking all the showers because the shower showers are turning on. And so she gets back into her and the lights come back on. She gets back into her shower and then Leighton Meester comes out of nowhere and like wraps her in a shower curtain. She's like, she just like her with body it. slams her to the <laughs> ground. Like in the and then she's like, like, like probably Gucci hooded black sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like don't ever come near Sarah ever again and don't tell her that this happened or else. And then she just no, goes, or I'll kill you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and she just goes rip. And here's the thing too. I almost had my belly button ring ripped out uh, at a cheerleading practice <laughs> once, which is why I had to always wear like this giant, I had to wear like multiple band-aids over my belly button at any and all given cheer practice or anything else. Because it was like, it was almost a goner. And so I know that pain and it is horrifying. No. no. <laughs> yeah. Like, Again, that was the scariest part of this movie for me. Oh yeah, definitely. That's, that's the spookiest part. It gave me like that body horror feeling of the snip snip in House of Wax. Yeah. Not as bad because there's no blood because they made this movie PG-13, which was a mistake. Um, I get why they did it because they had a young fan base for all these these CW stars in this film. 
but like god this movie would have been so much better with a bit more gore like i would have loved a little blood splatter i would have liked to have actually seen this as like an r this movie r-rated would have been a better movie This movie R-rated would have been a better movie because they would have given us more of that scene where Rebecca seduces Irene. Let's talk about that. (laughs) Okay, this is the first movie, I think, that we've watched with a canon gay character. Is it the first? Please, Um, someone. In my heart, there have been lots of canon gay characters along the way. But this is a movie that explicitly looks you in the face and says, Irene is gay. So, yeah, it literally says that. Well, uh, actually, I, not exactly. The quote is like, she really likes the girls, huh? Yeah, and, and Sarah's like, she always has, or something like that. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, good old lesbian Irene. Like, but okay, that was like a very sexy and wonderfully manipulated move of Leighton Meester to like go to the club when she knows Irene is home and do her sexy dance and just stare into Irene's eyes the entire time. Like, I was, like, this is a great film. This and then to go into the bathroom and be like, can I try your caffeinated cinnamon-flavored cinnamon gloss? And can I try it directly from your mouth? Like, yeah. first oh, of all, honestly, I want to steal this move once we are Wild allowed away. to. Yes, exactly. That's what all, we all thought the same also, fucking thing. I would <laughs> love to try that caffeinated cinnamon lip gloss i have so many questions and all of them could be answered if somebody gave me some of this like is that a real product that exists can you have i wanted lip gloss that would be wonderful i guess there's like cbd lip balm or whatever it feels kind of use anything in there you know there was a period of time where I was working with Sydney, like starting at 6 a.m. every morning, and I became semi narcoleptic. And so I was taking caffeine pills in order to stay awake and party with my friends at night. And if I had just had caffeinated lip balm, I could have I could have skipped all of that unnecessary chemicals in my system. It would have been so much better. Ah, man. Right? If I had a nice girl that knew what caffeinated cinnamon lip gloss was, we would just be making out all the time. Wait, yeah, I mean, this I be a real thing. I googled just let's now. Buy it. We're all gonna buy it, and you we're can gonna buy caffeinated ask... lip balm on Amazon. Is it cinnamon flavored? <laughs> no, but Dear I can... caffeinated cinnamon lip balm sponsor us. <laughs> wow! Oh my god! Wow! Oh. Man, but yeah, I am filing away that lipstick kissy uh, move in my repertoire. That is beautiful. Um, but okay, also, let's just talk about the, the the actual literal realities of this situation. Okay. Irene, I think, was bound and gagged by... For quite some by, time. <laughs> yeah, for like three days. By Rebecca for like three days at least. Also, I'm like, for sure she was a goner off screen, you know? Yeah, and I would have been so mad, too, if they immediately fucking killed the one, like, explicit lesbian character that we have had. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? So I was really glad that she survived. I wonder but if also, I survived. I wonder, like, there's no reason for them to have let her survive other than I guess it gives Sarah something to do at the end that's not immediately just, like, throttling Sarah. You know what I mean? It gives an additional obstacle that she's got to try and save her friend. Yeah. I also feel like 
I feel like the motivations for killing that Leighton had, except for young Cuddles the kitten, she mostly just wanted to hurt people who had hurt Sarah. So, like, the mm-hmm. only people, like, she physically hurt were people who had, like, wronged her. But Irene hadn't done anything to to Sarah. She'd only been a good friend. So maybe that was her well, last bastion of, like, morality. Well, Sarah was going to move in with Irene, abandoning her, and so I think she was just trying to get rid of her so she couldn't move in with her. That was was the motivation. That that was the same with Cuddles, because she was like, you're going to move out because you don't want to get rid of Cuddles, and if I get rid of Cuddles, there's no reason for you to move out. I don't know. I just think um, this movie was very gay without also being very gay. Like, it is such a gay experience to be like, do I want to be this person or do I want to be friends with this person or do I want to be in love with this person? And it can be hard Mm -hmm. to untangle that to some degree. Uh Um, And I think that was a lot of what Rebecca was experiencing and speaking I First of all, I want to know what private school she went to in Los Angeles. Um, But second of all, as two girls who went to private school in Los Angeles, I was just saying that I don't believe that Rebecca is not fully in love with Sarah. You know what I mean? Like, to me, that is so – she's so clearly gay of some sort. Um, And she so clearly is in love with Sarah. I almost would have liked to see her get, like, distracted by Irene for a second. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. To, like, actually get some reciprocity and some – interest in return I would have liked to see her like struggle with that um that tempting moment you know what I mean but I think they needed to be like way more explicit I guess they didn't want to if they're if they kept Irene alive because she's truly the only gay character in this movie um and then they also had obviously Rebecca is the villain you know what I mean I guess I can see them being like let's not have everything be bad for the gays um which but, is very thoughtful of them for 2011. Yeah, like, yeah, that's great that we that they didn't make the gay person the villain um, explicitly, even though she is both gay and the villain. But I just feel like it's how how could they possibly ignore it? You know what I mean? Like, it's so clear that like psychosexual obsession and then they just like gloss oh, over okay. it. I know. That would have been a much steamier movie. Again, they just needed that R rating. We could have gotten more gore and more hot, steamy, gay, late, and meester, and everyone would have been happier for it. And maybe we would have risen this Rotten Tomatoes score from 3% to... (laughs) (laughs) Maybe an 11. Maybe an 11%. (laughs) Yeah, just give them 8 percentage points. (laughs) While we're on this subject, um, I think it's just about time to circle into our segments, which leads me to, could this be gay? Or obviously I just said so much on the topic, but I also just think like, it is the gayest canonical movie. Like, it is the gayest movie we've had so far, technically. But it didn't feel that way. It you know what I mean? It, it felt almost homophobic to me. <laughs> A little bit homophobic. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad that we got someone. They're like, oh, she's always loved the ladies. Like, we love Irene. (laughs) Thank you, Irene. We love that. That lip gloss scene will live with me rent-free for the rest of my life. And thank God. But, like, 
the, the there wasn't the chemistry there. I I felt like I was shortchanged. I felt like there could have been a whole different movie where Cam Name Redacted isn't in it, though I love him and he was nice. And it could have been Tracy defying her fear for her own life, coming to like shake Sarah out of this and be like, no, your roommate is a psychopath and I love you. I could have been there. And that's what it should have been for me. I want to see more backstory of uh, Maria. Yes! In my head, it was like maybe they were dating in like high school, like secretly. And then she started becoming like obsessed. Like uh, Rebecca then became obsessed with her because they were dating. And then like all this kind of stuff. And because... Maria, they all look the same. Maybe that's why she became obsessed with Sarah because it was something like that. Yeah, yeah. Nina Here's- Dobrev and Minka Kelly look identical as well. It's very identical. <laughs> the thing is that there were just so many times in my notes where I wrote, that's gay. Um, like I wrote... Rebecca gets the big poster to put up for her. God, this is gay. And then I wrote, Sarah rescheduling her date to hang out with Rebecca. That's gay. Piercing your own ear so you don't disappoint your new girlfriend. That's gay. Um, Or getting the exact same titty tattoo. That's gay. Um, There was one moment where when they were looking at frienders and Rebecca had put Sarah as her best friend. Steven said some kind of comment about it. And I wrote in my notes, even Steven knows it's gay. Um, and then it. even Steven knows it's gay. And then there is a moment with Nina Dobrev. And again, I truly thought we were going to get more of the Maria story. And then we Back just story. never did. Um, it made no sense. But there was the line where Nina Dobrev walks up to her or she's like sitting or whatever. But she um, before Rebecca and Sarah are about to leave the cafe, which in my head, I know it was not Aroma, but in my head, it was Aroma in Studio City. Um <laughs> And Maria says to her, we were never friends. And to me, like, I guess that was supposed to be communicating to the audience that um, Leighton Meester just gets obsessed and not with even people she has, like, a specific relationship with. But that is, like, such a breakup line to me. You know what I mean? Like, when you're dating somebody and then they're like, let's be friends Mm -hmm. after this. And you're like, we were never friends. Like, how are we going to be friends when we were never friends? We only had these, like, romantic feelings. And I don't know what it's like to be friends with you without that element because they're too entangled um to me we were never very we were never friends I wrote in my notes yeah because they were gay probably like it was so inherent in the text yes it was so clear in the text for me and then just completely unaddressed and then you've got Stephen making comments about how there are homoerotic jokes being made at the frat house I was just like this um I I love this movie but it is a, a small hate crime. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. We get a literal representation, but everything else makes me go. <laughs> the gayest Aww. movie yet, but also the most homophobic so far. Why can't we win? <laughs> Why can't Why? we win? <laughs> okay, so not as important of a segment for this one for me, but we have to see, like, could Maddie Lily have been in this film? And, like, obviously he could have. 
For me, I would have put him maybe, and I don't know if this age works out, but I thought that the casting for Leighton Meester's parents was so wrong. Neither mm-hmm. of those people looked anything like her. I feel I was like Matthew Lillard looks more like her dad than that guy looked like could be her dad. So I could have him there, and I could also have him as a beautiful metrosexual Professor Roberts. But also, I don't want him to be that creepy, creepy man in that hat. So I'm okay if he stays out of this one. I think he would have been great as Billy Zane's role, though. You know what I mean? Because he gets to be creepy fun so often, but this is one where he would have to be creepy but less over the top it's like a subtler kind of creepy but we get like (laughs) that scene at the end of scream when he's wrestling with sydney and he's like i always had a thing for you sid like that to me is the exact energy that we need especially in the scene when rebecca has him in his office late at night and is like seducing him so that she can get him on tape being a predator so that she can extort him into leaving his job like I thought he would have he would have Billy Zane did great um pulling on both his like bad person Titanic casting and his Zoolander fashion experience, you know what I mean? Um but I I I think Maddie Lily could have slotted in perfectly. I feel you. I feel you. I always want to see him. So even though that's a role that makes me feel poo-poo, I would still love him to be the one making me feel that way instead of a man with eyes that scare me. So I would have liked to have seen him as Steven. Say more. Do more words. Hmm. (laughs) So, like, we always see him do, like, crazy, unhinged, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Steven throughout this movie is, like, generally a nice guy and isn't, like, too over the top. So I think it would just be, like, a nice little, like, calm movie for baby Maddie Lily to just be like sexy college boyfriend. Yeah, I could see him playing hmm. the drums. I want well, him to like playing the drums across, for sure. The frat party. Right, like he's the type of hot drummer in a bad band that I would be the most sexually attracted mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although I, maybe I like maybe it's just typecasting, but if I'm going to slot him into a boyfriend role, I would like to see him as Jason, I think. Because it's just like a moment, but if I'm pretending that Maddie Lily exists outside of the boundaries of space and time, which I think probably he does, um, I would like to see a young Maddie Lily as Jason where you just get that one scene in like the hotel room, you know what I mean? Where you really start to, he's like outside the dorms also for a second, Um, but you get a taste of him and then he like gets got so quickly. Um, Oh, Okay. You, wait, hold also, on. We, Sorry. There was a moment earlier where we were discussing the Emily childhood photo and how there was something horrible yeah. about it coming up. Well, but then you said the Emily it. tattoo placement. And I was just remembered what really upset me, which was not that. It was what the yeah, next moment with Jason. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. I was Because the next segment we were going to go into, with, which was uh, – what's your favorite kill slash attack in this movie? And I was going to say my favorite attack of this movie was the personal attack that I felt that the movie was doing on me when Leighton Meester was masturbating with Jason, (laughs) staring at Sarah's dead sister. That was the part that really was an assault to the senses. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh my God, that scene. Yeah, that was... 
the worst scene in the movie. That was the scariest part. I mean, obviously the body horror with Tracy's belly button ring, horrible, horrible. Never want to think about it again. But, like, just every inch of it. One, the fact that Jason cannot recognize Sarah's voice or recognize that this is not Sarah's voice, alarming for me. The fact that she would pick up the call and immediately turn it into a sex call, like, lays in Sarah's bed. Like, oh my god, like, what the violation. Uh. Yeah, and then it's, like, intercut with Sarah touching herself on the bed with Jason, looking at this childhood photo of someone who... Not Sarah, not Sarah, Rebecca. Don't know. Doesn't matter to me at this point. Leighton Meester um, is in the bed and she is doing all of this, looking at a photo of, and again, we know that Sarah's, sorry, now I got the name, sorry, I'm back in. Um, Sarah was nine when her sister died. We don't know how old her sister was, but that means she's looking at a photo of a child who is no older than nine as this scene is happening. I think she says the sister's older. So the sister was older. We don't know why she does, but like she's masturbating to a nine-year-old. It's not okay. And I know that that's not what she's like doing in her brain, but I don't want them to give me that visual and that impression. And also um, I will say while Rebecca was right to get Billy Zane fired and, um, you know, Jason had his own issues. I do think it was like a little assaulty. Um, that she a little. It, was, it was like pretty much um yeah it was it was you know Paige and valentine full-blown high key assaulted a man rebecca here did some sexual assault for sure um to jason t- on on separate occasions um because there was the phone sex and then also there was a moment where she like gets in bed with him at the hotel didn't need it didn't like it didn't like it and also something that really fucking pissed me off about that scene was that freaking Leighton Meester Rebecca got all dressed up in Sarah's best outfit with the fedora she dyes her hair brown she's wearing the whole fit gets in the the necklace everything and shows up and fucking takes off the whole costume before Jason even lays eyes on her I was like girl you dyed your hair for this it's dark. You didn't have to do any of this shit. I was so pissed. <laughs> Absolutely a waste. I will say, though, um, while those were worthwhile attacks and we did need to discuss them, I don't know that I have a favorite attack. Um, again, I perhaps I gave the wrong impression in the beginning of this podcast. I don't think that um, kittens should be killed. In fact, I am anti-kitten killing. Um, Thank you so much for putting that on the record. Yes. We're all really freaked out. Um, I I would say um, I'm anti-animal abuse in general. You know, that feels like something that is bad. Contentious opinion, but also thank God you're going out on the limb and, and making I I will be brave. I'll be brave. I'll be the one to say it. Most people wouldn't. Um, I don't <laughs> think you should abuse animals or people. Um, that said, I do think – this scene with cuddles was an iconic scene because it is so sad the way that she just puts the little kitten in the dryer and she's just like, isn't it so warm and toasty in there? And I was like, no! 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 But also, did nobody in the laundromat notice that she's murdering a kitten? 
as soon as they got the kitten, I was like, oh, that cat's a goner. Um, oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> that cat's a, a goner. Um, and then, but I liked the way that it was handled because, um, if they had to make me watch any more than that, it would have been very upsetting. But as it was, it was a, a nice amount of like, wow, this, this woman, perhaps she is truly a monster. Do I have Despite all of the lovely things she's done so far that has made Chelsea love her? Look, I think people love the villains in movies all the time. First of all, especially it's horror true. movies. That's like a, a a thing of the genre. People are monster fuckers. Would why why not Rebecca among them? Um, why not Leighton? I think for me, I'm just um I can't accept the fact that I was a Rebecca, apparently, <laughs> according to you guys, in, in every step of the way. And so I'm rejecting her, and I'm rejecting my path. My path. Which is so interesting to me because, um, and I mean this in the fondest of ways, but when I think about people who would um, flirt with their own clone, you're high up on the list for me. You know what I mean? Ooh, okay, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I, I respect that, and I understand that. For example, that one episode of Broad City where Alana and <laughs> together with Alia Shotcat, I was like, that's the hottest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying, like, if you're the Rebecca, to me it seems like you should be drawn to a Rebecca, not rejecting a Rebecca. But also that's a dark time in your life, you know what I mean? Like, you're aspiring to be a Sarah. <laughs> I want to be a fedora-wearing fashion designer. <laughs> you could. Just dream it. Dream big. Just I'll go to the University of Los Angeles, Monica. I know. I'll go back. I'll I'll go back to school, and I'll, I'll go to ULA this time instead of UCLA, and maybe things will change for me. Okay. Favorite attacks done again just not a lot there um especially because Irene didn't get got either you know what I mean the only attacks are Tracy getting her belly button ring ripped out cuddles getting dryered Irene just getting tied up for a few days not ideal um especially first of all though can I say it was very gay that she was tied up in her in a t-shirt and just undies like that is also oh, yeah. there's something going on that there oh, no. um, they, the, the, in the extended cut they had a whole sexy scene very similar to the page thing where they tied her up and she was like oh baby <gasps> late Easter. Ooh, yeah I love this and then she just left her there or slapped, like did something else mean to her but yeah wow. definitely that was in the extended cut and they cut it out so that wasn't lost on me I will say though like that final scene was a, a a true riot though incredibly predictable um I had a wonderful time but the very 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 last bit of that scene when <laughs> Rebecca gets stabbed in the back by the exact own knife, box cutter her own exact knife box cutter she's there she's dead Sarah thinks she's dead she reaches out she grabs Sarah's hand for her last breath and her eyes literally <laughs> roll back into her head. <laughs> That's how like, you know. Yeah. How are you going to know she's dead if you don't literally see the life leave her eyes, Monica? Master Oscar. Class. Oscar. <laughs> okay, I will say, Oscar. actually, though, there was one scene where um, Sarah had the gun. And Rebecca's like, you wouldn't shoot me. 
And then she's like so confident in that. And then Rebecca tries to actually shoot the gun. And the way Leighton Maester's face changed in that scene, I was like, okay, she's doing a good job. I think she did a great job, especially in that final act where she was like truly unhinged. I was like, damn girl, I didn't think you had it in you and you're doing it. You're doing it. And I'm freaked out by your passion right now. So mm-hmm. good job. Mm-hmm. So are we ready to do the dumb bitch or are there more attacks that we need to discuss? I think it's just about dumb bitch time. Dumb bitch. Dumb bitch. Who do you think yours is, Sid? I have a very strong dumb bitch opinion and my nom is motherfucking Sarah herself. Ooh, I did hate Sarah. Give me the pitch. Give me the pitch. Okay. One. Who the fuck goes out and decides to date the first boy that they interact with at college. I would have done that 100% college. I would have been like, a boy is looking my way and would continue to look my way 100%. I'm all in. So cannot blame her. <laughs> okay, two. Um, she just completely ignores all of the absolute red flags that uh, Rebecca gives to her the entire time. Uh, one. Asking her to share, like, invade her closet, which is just invading her personal space. Wearing her dead sister's necklace. Fucked up. So fucked up. Um, two. Or no, we're on three. We're three now. Um, why doesn't she have her phone with her at all times? It is like I know 2011. But that's what I'm saying. Like it is 2011. I didn't go anywhere without my phone in 2011. Without a phone. Okay, like, bro. why would you do that? Like, especially if you are an 18 year old college freshman, you have your phone with you everywhere you go. Mm-hmm. Cause you're scared as um, fuck in college for the first time on your own. Yeah. I don't know. Like Sarah just gave me like dumb, like, she just gives off dumb bitch energy to me like and maybe it's not her fault but she does my issue with her was that like I didn't feel like this was uh she was a real believable freshman in college like she was like pretty much very sure of herself the entire time and like super confident and I just I know that I was like freaking the fuck out when I first started college and maybe people go into college and they're like I own this town like Tracy felt but like I was like this she's a small town girl living in a lonely world and she's coming to ULA you would think that she would have more trepidation but she doesn't at all I don't know she's the kind of girl who flew out to college freshman year moved in by herself you know what I mean like her parents didn't come Mm -hmm. drop her off And Irene lives nearby. So clearly she's got like LA ties to some degree. I believe that she would be the kind of girl who would show up to LA and take cabs around the city for a little while, which also is something that blew me away because I forgot that Uber didn't like exist until 2015. You know what I mean? That like there must have really been people who took cabs in LA to go to parties and stuff like that. Um. I actually I feel like I remember doing it once in high school I remember I drove my friends to a party and then I went home because I had a curfew and I was a nerd and then they had like called a cab company to set up a cab to come get them at like 1230 or whatever later that night 
So I guess that's a thing that she's like very confidently moving about the city. And I buy that for her. But my issue that makes her a dumb bitch candidate is that she truly chose to stay at a frat house where they have a policy of getting drunk girls in bedrooms as if that is a safe place for a woman to be. She trusted her Steven slash Cam redacted with her whole heart. <laughs> Who's your candidate, Chelsea? Um, I do think that Sarah is a possible dumb bitch, but I also feel like Billy Zane is is a real big dumb bitch here. You know what I mean? Um, I'm 100% with you. Yeah, Professor there was... Professor Roberts, no. <laughs> Clearly, he was like a perv from the beginning. It, I was maybe a little slow to catch on because I just think Billy Zane is hot. And so I wasn't sure if we were supposed to think that he was hot for a minute there. But then when he was talking to Sarah about going to Paris, um, first of all, I wrote Billy Zane's outfit here. Fascinating. Um, and then in mm. my notes, I wrote dot, 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 dot. Billy Zane is grooming her. And I thought I had like stumbled upon some big discovery. And then literally one second later, he kissed her. And I was like, oh, never mind. I'm I'm not smart. I'm just following the plot. Um, like the quote that he says is, the best designers push the boundaries on what's acceptable. Gross. Oh, I He just like sucks. And his fashion isn't that great. And his class isn't that great. And the way that he was speaking to Sarah just upset me um because he I guess was saying nice things about her style or whatever but they were also gross things where he was like it's so sexy yet innocent it's like Madonna and whore all in one um and I was like okay stop 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 okay also he literally and maybe I misheard but he refers to her work as kinky yes he did he did say that her work was kinky Okay. <laughs> like, oh, I hate that. Mm, no. I've I never that. studied fashion design in school, but to me, that seems like an inappropriate comment to make on a student's work. Mm-hmm. Maybe yeah. sensual would have been okay. I don't know. You know what I mean? Because, like, fashion and, and all things art should evoke emotion. But kinky, I feel like, is just too far. Kinky, yeah. I was like, he said kinky, and I was like, he's going to try to get at her right now. And then he did, five seconds later. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was my pick too, Chelsea. 100% for me, it's Professor Roberts. But I also uh, have a weird soft spot for Sarah, though I roasted her fashion for a good 10 minutes on this pod. And so I don't agree with her being a dumb bitch, you know, because sometimes you just get lulled into a false uh, sense of security with your roommate and then she wrongs you and you find out too little too late and this is personal for me uh and there we go (laughs) (laughs) I think for the dumb bitch I do fully understand where you know professor shitty shitty Nick shit is I don't remember his name. So Professor Robert. <laughs> Professor Robert. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know that he ever had a name. Um, I don't buy it when I see it in the IMDb credits. I think he was just Billy Zane the whole time. Right, Billy Zane. <laughs> I like, even though I think Sarah was and is a dumb bitch, she just isn't this dumb bitch. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I already said like, that, but. It's gotta be Billy Zane for right. me, man. Sarah, I just think is yeah, naive. Yeah, I think, like, 
Yeah, she is a dumb bitch. She's not a bitch. She is dumb. But also, it's not her fault that this happened. So I feel like it would be unfair to label her the dumb bitch of the episode. You know what I mean? I think she's a fair yeah. nomination. I think it would be a little little mean um, to call her the and dumb she, bitch. Like, does try to like go out of her way to be super nice to Rebecca even when she finds out she's got some fishy stuff going on she's like concerned at first but then you know she gets the matching dead sister boob tattoo and that just takes it <laughs> too far and I think that that's a rational breaking point yeah and then also at the end during the final confrontation she does play along well and I think that had been her weakness all along was that she played along with everything that Rebecca was doing a little too well but in that moment, it allowed her to, like, appease Rebecca by being like, I forgive you. Like, of course we're friends. Um, and that allowed her to, like, get a leg up on the that final showdown. So I do think her weakness was her strength to a degree, um, which is all just to say that Billy Zane is the dumb bitch. Yeah. Agreed. So, okay, it's time. Our knives out of fives. Are we going to give this the low, low scores that the people, the the people across the world seem to give it? Chelsea, you are the one, the person with the facts here. Mm-hmm. Lay out these scores for us. Yeah, you you dropped the number at one point during the pod. Um, but on Rotten Tomatoes, this movie got three percent from critics, which is so astonishingly low that I don't even know oh, how it happened. Like, I truly don't understand. Were there, like, 100 critics who gave it 3% each of them? You know what I mean? Like, that is just so unbelievably low that it is hilarious. But it did get a little higher from audiences in general. It got 27% from audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. And on IMDb, it got a much higher 4.8 out of 10, which is actually pretty impressive, all things considered. Um, So you've got kind of a range to choose from here when it comes to rating the movie, I will say lots of problematic elements here that are going to affect my score. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want to, there are definitely, I feel like this movie did some bad things and added to a lot of already pre existing stigma. Yeah, here's the thing. Um, I love it and I think it's a blast and it's such a bad, good movie. But the emphasis is on the bad here. Um, because like like we said, it does feel um almost homophobic to a degree. And also, and should we have touched on this earlier? I feel like now, yes. But this the treatment of mental illness as some kind of like villainous backstory is not okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's like a longstanding tradition in horror or, but horror specifically, but media in general to be like, mental illness. Wow. Dangerous, scary, criminal, violent. You know what I mean? Um, and that is the whole explanation here for why Rebecca is the way that she is, is that she has mental illness and she's unmedicated. Um, and also nobody at any point treats that as like, a concern for Rebecca they just treat it as a concern for themselves like 
her they they say like her parents are afraid of her they're not afraid for her though apparently um which is just from a mental health perspective like so unbelievably terrible and part of a rich culture of treatment of mental health and media being terrible um and so that is very alarming and and we couldn't have finished this pod without discussing that um no that like really took that that's like supposed to be the, the big twist or whatever and it, i just thought that part was just stupid and poorly handled and incredibly frustrating it's, it's lazy writing quite frankly yeah like, totally. there's so many other ways like she could just it i would have liked it if that's just who she was a crazy person yeah like and not like a mentally ill crazy like uh i'm gonna be obsessed with my person crazy I think um, the the place that we are in our society and our culture, and this is part of the, like, the media is responsible for this, at least in part, is that even if that didn't exist in the movie, people would watch the movie and be speculating about what her diagnosis should have been had she been diagnosed in the movie. Um, but I don't think that the movie did any favors by being like, yes, she's been diagnosed. Here's her medication. No, she's not taking it. Yes, it is a apparently, I Googled it, a real medication that they give for these disorders. You know what I mean? They didn't even like make anything up. Um, they were just like, this is a real medication and it's what she's not taking. And I just think it is, um, this movie is a blast, but that is irresponsible. Cause they, it's, totally. she's schizophrenic and bipolar or supposed to be in this movie. Yeah. They don't say her actual diagnosis, but that's what Sarah says the medication is for after she's looked it up. Uh, good old. So we don't yeah, know. Good old Google. Yeah, I mean, it's just like mentally, this is something you hear all the time in in today's society because criticisms of storylines like this come up all the time because storylines like this still happen all the time. But mentally ill people are more likely to hurt themselves and to be a danger to themselves than they are to anyone else. Um, And it's just not ideal that this movie contributed to a longstanding history of demonizing people with mental illness. Yeah, that docked it, like, multiple points for me. Um, There are plenty of people out there in the world who um, are dangerous and violent and obsessive without any kind of diagnosis or mental health disorder. You know what I mean? So she could just be bad. Yeah, I dated a couple. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? So they really just didn't have to go there, and they did, and they handled it like garbage, like a garbage fire. So good job, directors of this movie. The audience would have done that work even if the movie didn't. The movie didn't need to hand it to the audience on a silver platter. I want to know what y'all. I want to know what y'all give it because I did not like this movie, and y'all were like, "Oh my god, I can't believe you didn't like this movie." So what did y'all give it, huh? What did y'all give it, huh? I'm still. Wow, she's coming at us right now. I have Jesus Christ. Um, I mean, I loved this movie. I like I said five thousand times. I wish I had seen this right as I was starting college. But uh, and I also missed this point. The soundtrack was so twenty eleven. Oh, it was perfect. Yeah, the phones were anachronistic. The fashion was anachronistic. But they got the temper trap. They got Empire of the Sun. I was like, this is Chef's Kiss. Perfect. Exactly what I was listening to. But that said, I still can't give this a very good score. Like, 
Leighton Meester deserved an Oscar, but the movie was a garbage fire in its own right. So for me, I can't go any higher, obviously, than a three. But like talking about this more with you guys, I'm not giving it a three. Calm down. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I would not even get I was gonna get close. When I first started it, I was like, I like this. This isn't gonna be good, but it's not gonna get like a terrible score. But this is like a two point like two to two to two to two for me. Like I had a really, really good time. I don't think it deserves a one. I think it deserves a little bit better than three percent on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, but also not very much more. And so that's me. Yeah, I mean, to be clear, per our rating system, a one out of five knives is like a 20%, you know what I mean? So I don't even know what a 3% would translate to <laughs> knives out of fives. Um, no very, to know. Not even a fraction of one knife. Um, <laughs> but again, I like this movie. I think it's a blast. Um, I had seen it before and I watched it again and I wasn't dreading it, you know what I mean? Um, and I would watch it more times. I probably won't, but I would, um, especially showing it to someone who also likes bad, good horror movies. But I like it because it's bad, good, which means I'm not going to give it a good score because it's, I mean, I, I am not opposed to that. I'm certainly open to finding a bad, good horror movie and being like, if they had said Coyote Ugly was her favorite movie, maybe it would get five knives out of five. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but without that element, I just think like, it's fun, but it's forgettable, and single white female probably did it one million times better, um, but I haven't watched that movie in so long that I can't tell you where that would be on Knives Out of Fives. Maybe we'll get to that one day, too. Um, this, I would also say, probably is like a like a two for me, just like a solid two. Yeah, I feel you. Okay, Sydney, what are you going to give it? Like a negative seven? Like she's, what, what's going to happen? She's going to do that math to find out what the 3% is. <laughs> I will give this a one because like oh. there's no movie that is a zero quite frankly, but yeah, this movie was just so bad. And like, I didn't have fun watching it. Like thanks. Get like, thanks uh. killing. I had fun watching it. Like it. Cause here's the thing. This movie, thanks ki killing like knew it wasn't serious. So it was like playing on itself. Like this movie tried to be like, serious and I it thought it was so and it serious <laughs> and so it gets like a one in the bad way <laughs> it's just like uh, I, I've sorry. Seen, and here's the, I'm sorry that you didn't have fun right? I just like I didn't have fun watching it and I like bad like I think if this movie either if this movie had an R rating and could do more it would have been really really bad fun yeah but mm -hmm. it was like PG-13 and just like the scares like were lackluster. Yeah, the scares yeah. Were yeah. There was a few good scary wasn't... moments, but it was it relied on you to bring a lot to the table yourself when it came to, to ripping bring... out the belly button ring and then like Rebecca stabbing herself with her box cutter and Oh yeah. Yeah, like I brought my whole college roommate trauma to it and that made me like it a lot more. So like once I said that like right into the narrative, I was like, wow. <laughs> And I trap. Wow. I came up with my um incredible un unparalleled prank idea before I rewatched the movie also. Punk. So I got you, know, punk. You, you got pranked fool. Um so yeah, Monica and I were engaging with it in a in a level that didn't appeal to you or you didn't have access to, I guess, Sydney. No. 
Well, I'm sorry that that happened to you, but I think our pick for next week is going to make you happier, but I never know with you, you're a freaking wild card when it comes to new movies. I love like half the new movies and you're like, I hate them all. So we'll see. But this one is from 2020 and it's The Invisible Man. Um, This was the last movie that I saw in theaters before pandemic ruined our lives. And so it holds a very special place in my heart. This was another one where I crushed the ever-loving shit out of my friend Hawk and John's hand while we were watching it because I was so scared and I screamed many times. So I hope that it brings you that same type of horror that it brought to me. (laughs) If you liked what you heard, please rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts. And if you want to know more about our beautiful podcasting, some homegrown memes from Chelsea herself, follow us at Spooky underscore Tuesday on both Instagram and Twitter and search Spooky Tuesday pod on Facebook if you are still on that platform. Bye, Spooky. Spooky Tuesday was created by Monica Height, Sydney Thompson, and Chelsea Duff and edited by Sydney Thompson. Our gorgeously spooky tunes are all thanks to Tamara Simons, who you can follow on Instagram at Captain Tamara. And our podcast art is by Mary Murphy, who you can find on Instagram at the underscore moon underscore OMG. Stop! Stop saying things you don't mean! I protected you. I protected you against that poor Tracy and that nasty little kitten, that scumbag of a professor. Even that loser ex-boyfriend of yours! What did you do to him? I got-